0: So the book of Jonah, uh, just who, what do you guys know about Jonah? Anyone know anything about this book? Yeah, Tristan? Jonah was a prophet. prophet. Yeah, Cameron. He disobeyed the Lord. Okay, Uh, Stephen. He didn't like, you you really think he didn't like big fish? I mean, the big fish kind of saved his life. interesting. You you know, I, man, if I'm Jonah, I'm, I kind of am a big fan of big fish. You know, like you'd be dead otherwise, but okay, whatever. Um, <clears throat> so, Jonah, you're right, Jonah was a prophet. Jonah is one of the 12 minor prophets in the Bible. Uh, the 12 minor prophets, those are the last 12 books of the Old Testament, and they're called minor prophets not because they're less important, but just because they're short. They're shorter than Uh, than the other prophets, the so-called major prophets. And uh, like I just said, with some of these changes, uh, I'm not going to necessarily preach this whole chapter tonight. Instead, uh, what I'm going to do tonight and what we're going to do going forward is I'm going to let this talk be short, and it's going to be an overview of uh, this chapter that then you can look at together in your small groups. And so actually, as part of that, I want to pass out this. Uh, What we're going to do going forward is have an actual copy of the passage for you to look at and you can mark it up it has uh, some double spaced it's double spaced so uh can i get a volunteer or two who'd want to help pass these out thank you Stephen. so uh, feel free to follow along and uh, to mark it up as we're as we're going along tonight so by way of overview so we we established okay Jonah's is a prophet um some of you probably know that there yeah you know you mentioned it already there's there's this incident with a fish Uh, You know, we don't really know what kind of fish it was, probably a whale or something. And uh, we'll we'll, we'll look at that probably next week. Uh, But what I want to do is just give you a little bit of background information. Who is this Jonah guy? Well, if you look at verse 1, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. And there's only one other place in the Bible where you're going to see those two two names. And uh, it's in the book, actually, of 2 Kings. Second Kings. Uh, so Travis, can you throw up the next slide there? Okay, so Second Kings has a little reference to the prophet Jonah. Uh, Second Kings verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 25. Um, he, this is referring to, to King Jeroboam, restored the border of Israel from Lebo-Hamath as far as the Sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which he spoke by his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gath, Heifer. You can always count on Stephen to give you a pen. (laughs) So what do you learn about Jonah here? You actually find out here that Jonah plays a pivotal role in expanding Israel's borders. And this probably tells you that this guy, Jonah, he, he was probably a little bit of a patriot. He loved his country. He wanted his country to be strong, and he wanted his country to be expansive. And so Jonah's kind of a patriot, and uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a patriot. In fact, it's good to be patriotic. But the reason that that's important is that in Jonah's case, what, you, what we can kind of read between the lines and infer is that he loves his country so much that it actually leads him Kind of overboard, pun intended. Jonah's love of his country leads him to hate another group of people called the Ninevites. Uh, The Ninevites were Israel's enemies. Uh, They lived in the northeast. They would attack the Israelites. And the problem was God told Jonah to go and preach to the Ninevites. So in chapter 1, verse 2, God's word comes to Jonah. What does he say? He says, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it for their evil has come up before me. But the problem is, Jonah hates these guys. And so what does he do? Uh, Jonah decides that he's going, you know, he, he has he has a brilliant idea. Um, you know, I would highly recommend doing this. Uh, Jonah runs away from God. Jonah runs away from God. Now, just kidding. I would not actually recommend this. Um, the thing that's so funny about Jonah running away from God is that God is everywhere. And Jonah tries to run away from a God who's everywhere. But, you know, anyway, he tries it. And... Uh, That's what the rest of the story is about. Jonah runs away from the Lord. Is there anyone here tonight who's running away from the Lord? Is there anyone here tonight who knows that God has called you to do something? Or God is calling you into something? And maybe because of doubt, worry, fear, maybe anger at whatever that thing is that God is calling you to, you're trying to run away from him. Jonah was a man who was trying to run away from God. And he discovers in this book that you can't outrun the grace of God. You can't outrun the grace of God. That's what this book is about. So as you study this chapter tonight, uh, I want to just point out three things uh, that are worth noticing in the text. Number one, I want you to notice what happens when Jonah tries to run away from God. You know, what What are the consequences? What are the results? Um, now, there's actually a lot more consequences that are just in chapter one, but we're going to stick with just chapter one tonight. And even in chapter one, I want to just point out a couple of things that are, are worth flagging up. So, uh, Will, can you put verse three up on the screen? Okay, that was already on there. <laughs> verse three, Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Now, by the way, Tarshish, um, that was a place that people think was probably in modern-day Spain, so it's about as far away from the Ninevites as Jonah could possibly go. So, uh, Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord." Do you notice here what Jonah does? He literally pays to run away from God. Running away from God is expensive. It's expensive. You know, not quite as expensive as like Washington's gas prices, but it's expensive. And disobedience to God is always expensive. It always costs you something. So it's been said that sin takes you farther than you plan to go. It costs you more than you plan to pay. And it keeps you there longer than you planned to stay. A long time ago, uh, uh, there was a a guy that probably uh, no one here would have heard of, a guy named Bruce Anstey, who uh, gave a little outline of the book of Jonah. And he says, in chapter one, you see a paying man. Jonah pays a cost to run away from God. In chapter two, you see a praying man. Jonah is in the belly of the whale, literally. And he prays to God because he's at rock bottom. In chapter three, you see a preaching man. God gives Jonah a second chance and he obeys. He goes to Nineveh. He preaches the message that God gives him to preach. But then in chapter four, you see a pouting man because Jonah is angry. He's he's, he's upset that God has shown the very mercy that he showed to Jonah to Jonah's enemies. So a paying man, chapter one, a praying man, chapter two, a preaching man, chapter three, and a pouting man, chapter four. So notice what happens when Jonah disobeys. It costs him something. And just, you know, one more little detail you might notice in the text. Notice that it says he went down to Joppa. And then in verse 5 it says Jonah goes down below the deck of the ship. And then in chapter 2 you find out he goes down all the way to the very depths of the sea. When you're running away from God, you're always going to go down. You're always going to go in the wrong direction. You'll sink lower and lower and lower until finally you come to your senses and God helps you turn around. Number two, notice in the text what happens when Jonah is guided by circumstances rather than faith and obedience to what God is telling him to do. So number one, notice what happens when Jonah tries to run away from God. Number two, notice what happens when Jonah is guided by circumstances rather than faith and obedience to what God is telling him to do. So verse three again, notice that it says, uh, he ran away from the Lord, he headed for Tarshish, he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. You know, imagine you're Jonah, you're probably thinking, huh, look at that. I'm running away from God and there right there is, you know, there's a ship it'll help me do that (laughs) what a coincidence you know this must be the will of God because you know if it weren't the will of God he probably wouldn't have put that ship right there you know and sometimes you know we as Christians can be more shaped by our circumstances than by faith and obedience to God's word so for example you know if you think of uh, the story of Moses Moses Uh, Is a guy who is raised with all the. You know, he's raised with basically a Harvard education, so to speak. He had the best education of his day. He was kind of born a Hebrew but raised an Egyptian. So all of those circumstances made him think, you know what? I'm like the best candidate to be the savior. You know, I'm going to be the one to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And and then one day he tries to take matters into his own hands. And if you remember what happens, instead of becoming a savior, he becomes a murderer. He's looking at his circumstances rather than looking to the Lord and putting his faith and obedience to what the Lord has asked him to do. So notice number two, notice what happens when you follow circumstances rather than faith and obedience to what God is telling him to do. And then last of all, notice that when Jonah is disobedient, God is merciful. God has mercy on Jonah. He has mercy on Jonah because what does he do? he spares his life. At the end of the chapter, what does it say? It says that God provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, to save Jonah, and to preserve his life. And then, on top of that, you'll find out later in the book, God rescues him from the deepest depths, which is, by the way, why the story of Jonah is a picture of the gospel. When you come to the New Testament, you come to the life of Jesus, Jesus mentions Jonah. And Jesus says of Jonah that in the same way that Jonah was in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, that so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for, for that amount of time. And the reason that Jesus looks to Jonah is because in the same way that Jonah descended all the way down to rock bottom, all the way uh, virtually to the very, you know, thread of, 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 of his life, Jesus had the thread cut He went to the cross, he suffered death, he suffered God's wrath, he suffered God's punishment. And then three days later, in the same way that the whale spits Jonah up on the land, Jesus is spat back into life by the resurrection. And so Jesus looks to Jonah and says, what I'm doing is a little bit like what happened to him. Which is crazy, because Jesus is using a disobedient prophet to accomplish his will. You might think that, oh my gosh, like I've screwed up my life so much, there's no way that I could ever make things right. You know, there's no way that God could ever use someone like me. I want to tell you tonight, it doesn't matter how much you think you've screwed up your life, we serve a God who is merciful and you can never outrun the grace of God. You can never outrun the grace of God. And then also notice that God has mercy not just on Jonah, but notice he has mercy on the sailors. So, think about this. If you're the sailors, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this is a terrible, horrible storm. They all think they're going to die. But not only do they not die, do you notice what happens? The storm leads the sailors to begin to get curious about Jonah. Look at all these questions they ask. I think this is in verse 8. They say, Who are you? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? And who are your people? Now, imagine, you know, how Jonah's feeling when he. Here's the mask of this. You know what I think he's probably thinking? He's probably thinking, oh my goodness, like, I'm a prophet. Like, a prophet's kind of like an evangelist, you know, someone who tells other people about Jesus. He just gets the best, ripest, softball evangelism opportunity right there. Because think about what the answers to all those questions are. You know, who are your people? Well, Jonah says, my people are the people of the one true God. You know, my people are the chosen people. We're the people of Israel. Jonah gets this wide open door to tell these pagan sailors about who God really is. And so just look at God's mercy in that. God takes Jonah's disobedience. God takes the trial of the storm, and he turns it into a testimony. And in the same way, God can take your trials, and he can turn them into testimonies. It's only when you go through stuff that really, really sucks, that's really, really hard, that you're going to be able to come out the other side and tell people, God is so good because I've been with him through this and I've come out the other side and I've experienced how faithful he is. So notice what happens when he tries to run from God tonight. Notice what happens when he's guided by circumstances tonight. And then notice that when Jonah is disobedient, God is merciful. Um, In just a minute, we're going to turn it over to groups. Uh, And on the back of that sheet of paper, you'll notice there are some text questions that will allow you to go a little bit deeper. But just before we do that, I do want to close um, by just sharing one one quick story. Uh, You know, as I said, this book, if you wanted to give a, a theme to this whole book, the theme of this whole book in my mind is the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. The mercy of God to Jonah, the mercy of God to the sailors, the mercy of God to the Ninevites. And it's the mercy of God to us. Um, and just to give you a little taste of, of just how, what that mercy can really look like, not hundreds and thousands of years ago, but in real life. I want to just close with a story. Um, Story from about, probably, I'm guessing around 100 years ago, about a guy who was a missionary to Africa. His name was David Flood. David Flood was a missionary to Africa. Um, he had a passion to share the gospel. And so he and his wife um, go to Africa. They're all excited to get to share Jesus with people who've never heard the name of Jesus. But pretty soon after he gets there, everything begins to fall apart. His wife dies. The work proves to be really dangerous, really life-threatening, and it doesn't seem like God is bringing them any breakthrough. In fact, by you know, after all of these things, after all of these trials, David Flood only had one convert to show for all of his efforts, and it was just a young schoolboy. And so, David Flood is looking around at all that he's lost and he despairs of his life. He even despairs of his calling, and he leaves Africa. He goes back to his home country, um, and he even loses his faith in God. You know, so imagine this. Here's a guy who starts out with a passion to serve God by the end of his, you know, this chapter of his life. He's not, he doesn't even believe in God any longer. Well, as God would have it, he had an infant daughter. His infant daughter was so ill at the time that she wasn't able to travel back with her father um, when he left Africa. So his daughter had to be left with another missionary couple. This missionary couple raised his daughter in the United States. And that daughter grew up and never forgot about her father. When she learned about what he had, you know, that he'd been a missionary, um, she wanted to find a way to reconnect with him. Well, meanwhile, David Flood had gone back to his home country, the the country of Sweden. He had gotten married again, then divorced. He wound up living with a mistress and had become an alcoholic as a way uh, to cover over all of his pain. But his daughter pursued him and one day found him at the age of 73 years old. And at the age of 73, David Flood meets his grown-up daughter for the first time. She finds him living in a disgusting, just awful apartment surrounded by liquor bottles. And his daughter shares with him that God loves him. She shares with him the message of the love of God. And she shares with him the message of what happened to that one convert. What David Flood never realized was that that one boy went on to grow in his faith. He started a school in his village. He converted his classmates. That then led to their parents being reached, and it brought about the conversion of that entire tribe to Christ. There were thousands of people who were reached through that one boy. And when David Flood learned what God's grace had done, he turned his life back over to Jesus that he had run from, for so long. And I share that to say tonight, that no matter where you find yourself on the map, you cannot outrun the grace of God. Jonah found that out. David Flood found that out. And as you go through life, you yourself are going to find that out. So with that, we're going to turn it over to groups tonight. And um, I don't think we actually have Yeah, unfortunately there's no slide tonight with where everyone's supposed to go. But um, for leaders, uh, leaders, I'll send out all the questions, but feel free to pick, not necessarily all five, but if you wanna pick just a couple of those text questions, start with those. And then maybe about halfway through, Feel free to jump to the other questions, the life questions, and then we'll come back here around 9.05 for one last song. And just one final reminder, be thinking about next week, think about the groups that you want to start, that you want to take ownership for as we uh, experiment with this new format. So um, let me pray for us. Father, thank you that there is no pit too deep for you to reach down and grab us. And God, as we look at the book of Jonah tonight, as we study the text for ourselves, would you show that to us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.